98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines in a defied final edition pro-democracy newspaper, Apple Daily, says it's a victim of tyranny after being forced to close. Health authorities test over 2,000 residents of a building in Taipo that was locked down overnight, but have so far found no new coronavirus cases. And the former Philippine president, Benigno Aquino, has died at the age of 61. In a defiant final edition, pro-democracy newspaper Apple Daily says it's a victim of tyranny after being forced to close under the new national security laws. Its assets had been frozen as part of a national security probe and six staff arrested, two of whom have been charged with colluding with foreign forces. It ends a 26-year run for the paper. Hundreds of people queued at newsstands across the city to snap up some of the one million copies the Daily said it would print. Its swansong front page featured Apple Daily journalists waving goodbye to crowds outside its headquarters last night, entitled Hong Kongers Bid a Painful Farewell. Brian Chan was a sub-editor at the paper. Actually, I feel no regret of this. We fight till the end, you know, uh, and we are glad that many Hong Kong people still support us. But, you know, some kind of reason we can't go on. It's sad. It's truly sad, but I don't think we have to regret of this. There have been accusations that newspaper vendors are selling Apple's final edition at double its $10 price. One buyer said this should be stopped. That's just like ticket scalping, right? If the vendors don't give the extra money back to Apple Daily, then they shouldn't do that, using others' hard work to get an advantage. Some pro-democracy shops bought newspapers for their customers. One shop in one China said each person should take just one copy, so more could have one. Taiwanese authorities have condemned the closure of Apple Daily as political oppression, saying it sounds the death knell for freedom of speech and the media. Taipei's Mainland Affairs Council said it felt extreme regret over the move, but that the incident allowed the international community to see for itself the Communist Party's totalitarianism and autocracy. Officials in Hong Kong and the mainland have repeatedly said media freedoms are respected, but are not absolute. The Science and Technology Park Corporation has started procedures to reclaim the land it leases to Apple Daily on the Chen Quano Industrial Estate, accusing its printing company of multiple violations. The statutory body said the action was in accordance with the terms of the contract. One of the charges facing Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai is an allegation of fraud over alleged improper use of office space. On the second day of the trial of national security suspect Tong Ying Kit, a police witness, Superintendent Tam Wan Yi, has conceded that Tong sped past officers on a motorbike but did not drive into them. The 24-year-old is charged with inciting secession, terrorism and dangerous driving for allegedly driving at some police offices in Wan Chai while holding a protest flag on July the 1st, the day after the national security law came into force. Hong Kong's human rights scores have plummeted since 2019 and the pandemic has worsened the situation. The Human Rights Measurement Initiative, or HERMI, tracks human rights performance in areas including the right to equality of life, safety from the state and empowerment. Vicky Wong reports. The index surveyed local experts in February and March about the events of last year and asked them to fill in an anonymous online questionnaire. HERMI then takes those responses and gives each area a score out of 10. 
Hermi said while Hong Kong scored well in some areas, it noted some strikingly poor results for the SAR in others, namely the right to assembly and association, freedom of expression and participation in government. In 2019, Hong Kong was given scores of 4.1, 4.2 and 3.6 out of 10 respectively in these three areas. In 2020, they dropped to 2.7, 2.8 and 2.3, giving the SAR an overall empowerment score of 2.2 out of 10. Experts in the survey were also asked to name which groups were at risk of having certain rights violated. Some of the groups listed at risk were labour unions or workers' rights advocates, detainees or those accused of crimes, and those who protest or take part in non-violent political activity. While the national security law was noted as having a significant impact on human rights, the index also noted the government response to the COVID-19 pandemic was also significant. Examples cited include the delaying of last year's LegCo elections, the banning of political gatherings and demonstrations on public health grounds, and even the serving of culturally inappropriate food to Muslim people in quarantine. The index also said the people of Hong Kong do not have freedom from arbitrary arrest and gave the SAR a score of 2.6 out of 10, slightly up from 2.4 last year. The SAR was also given a score of 7.1 out of 10 on safety from the state, meaning that a significant number of people are vulnerable to arbitrary arrest. Specific incidents given of people who are vulnerable of having this right breached include pro-democracy protesters or politicians, including politicians that have been charged under the national security law, and anyone else critical of the government, including journalists or commentators. Health authorities have tested 2,100 residents of a building in Taipo that was locked down overnight, but have so far found no new coronavirus cases. It comes amid fears of a new wave of infections after a very high viral load was detected in sewage in the area. Carolyn Wright reports. Health authorities locked down Wan Hang House on Wan Tao Tong estate overnight after a 27-year-old airport ground staff who lives there tested preliminary positive for a more infectious strain known as L452R. If confirmed, it would be the first local case of the strain as well as Hong Kong's first local coronavirus case in 16 days. The man comes into contact with cargo flight crew at the airport. He also worked at customer service in Taipo's uptown Plaza. Authorities, meanwhile, are testing residents of more than 30 typo buildings after detecting a very high viral load of COVID-19 in sewage. An expert described it as a serious warning sign that could mark the start of a fifth wave of infections. The food truck operator has expressed shock that the government may ditch the scheme when it expires next February. Commerce Secretary Edward Yao has said food trucks have limited development. The Tourism Commission is reviewing the scheme. One operator, Mr Choi, said it wasn't fair to pass judgment based on the poor business over the past two years. He said operators were waiting for the pandemic to end and recovery was on the horizon. The former Philippine president, Benigno Aquino, has died at the age of 61. He'd been taken to hospital earlier this morning. BBC's Ben Lowings reports. Known as Noi Noi, the former Liberal Party chief belongs to an influential political dynasty, opposed to the hardline rule of President Ferdinand Marcos. His father, Nino, a senator, was assassinated in 1983, and his mother, Corazon, became president after the Philippines' People Power Revolution of 1986. While in office, Benigno Aquino brought in economic reforms and made a serious effort to tackle corruption. He was succeeded by Rodrigo Duterte in 2016. 
The authorities in the Spanish region of Catalonia say the US tech pioneer John McAfee has been found dead in the prison where he was being held in Barcelona. Spanish courts had earlier approved his extradition to the United States where he's wanted for tax evasion. If he'd been found guilty, he could have faced 30 years in prison. It's the BBC's Guy Hedgeco. The Catalan regional government said in a statement that a 75-year-old U.S. citizen had been found unconscious in his cell in Brian's Dos prison near Barcelona. Attempts by prison staff to revive him were unsuccessful. The statement said that the death may have been suicide. Reports confirmed that the deceased was John McAfee, the creator of the McAfee antivirus software. The New South Wales Premier says the current COVID outbreak is the scariest since the pandemic began. The Australian state has recorded 11 new locally acquired COVID cases since yesterday's update, bringing the New South Wales locally acquired tally to 49 since last Wednesday. Gladys Berejiklian says everyone needs to abide by restrictions. This is perhaps the scariest period uh, that New South Wales is going through. It is a very contagious variant, but at the same time, we are... At this stage, comfortable that the settings that are in place are the appropriate settings. President Biden has put gun control at the core of his new crime prevention strategy, announcing a policy of zero tolerance towards firearms dealers who do not run proper background checks. In a speech at the White House, he said authorities would now take a tougher stance. If you willfully sell a gun to someone who's prohibited from possessing it, if you willfully fail to run a background check, If you willfully falsify a record, if you willfully fail to cooperate with the tracing requests or inspections, my message to you is this. We'll find you and we will seek your license to sell guns. We'll make sure you can't sell death and mayhem on our streets. Pop star Britney Spears has been speaking about why she wants to end a guardianship arrangement that's led to her having no control of her life and finances for 13 years. Singer told a court in Los Angeles that the arrangement, which gave her father control over her estate after she suffered a mental breakdown, was abusive. Here's the BBC's David Willis. A 25-minute torrent of accusation, anger and regret directed chiefly at those who were supposed to have been looking after her over those 13 years. Chief among them, her dad, Jamie, who has long, of course, overseen both her personal life and her finances. Of him, Britney Spears said, anything that happened to me had to be approved by my dad. And amongst other things, she accused her father of forcing birth control on her, refusing to allow her to marry her boyfriend and other things. She said, my dad and everyone else who's played a key role in my conservatorship should be in jail. In a statement, her father said he was sorry to see his daughter in so much pain and he loved her very much. Finance, short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,849. That's 26 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $75 billion. Currencies, US dollars trading at 110.9 yen. Euro stands at 1 US dollar and 19 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 83 cents. Sport and the lineup for the last 16 at football's Euro 2020 is complete. In the final matches in Group F, defending champions Portugal drew 2 2 with France, while Germany and Hungary also finished 2 2. That means Hungary miss out on a place in the knockout stage, is the BBC's Mass Faruqi. 
Champions Portugal will play Belgium in one of the standout ties in the knockout stages of the European Championship after drawing 2 all with the world champions France in hot and humid conditions here at the Pushgas Arena. Three of the goals were scored from the penalty spot, two by Portugal captain Cristiano Ronaldo, who is now the joint all-time leading international goalscorer in men's football, with 109 having finally scored against France in his career. Karim Benzema converted the other penalty in first half injury time and had put France ahead at the start of the second half with his first international goals in nearly six years before Ronaldo's crucial spot kick put Portugal's route to qualification for the last 16 back on track. That was because Germany unexpectedly had been losing at that point to Hungary in Munich, a result which coupled with defeat for Portugal would have seen the holders finish bottom of the group. But Leon Goretzka's 84th minute goal to bring Germany level at two apiece means it's Hungary who missed out out on the knockout stages, having twice led the 2014 World Cup winners at the Allianz Arena. Group F runners-up Germany will travel to London then to face England in the last 16. France finishing top means they will play Switzerland, whilst Portugal progress as one of the four best-performing third-place teams from this group, as they did when they went on to lift this trophy in 2016. Earlier, Sweden and Spain both booked their places in the last 16. Spain finished as runners-up with a 5-0 thrashing of Slovakia. Sweden won the group after beating Poland 3-2. Emil Forsberg scored twice for the Swedes, including the opening goal inside two minutes. Yeah, it was a crazy beginning. I think we, we scored our only goal. It was good for us. We could play a little bit on the result and they, of course, had to win to go through and you could see that they were playing a little bit more desperate than us. Uh, they put some balls in in the box. They tried to create some chances, had some big chances to score. Didn't, so we had some luck and then we scored 2-0 and normally after that the game should be over. I think we... The two goals that they get, got was was too easy, uh, but in the end we finished. We scored the third one, and yeah, it's pure happiness now. I'm so happy. I'm proud of the team and what we achieved this this group stage. So I'm, now I'm just happy. Hong Kong champions Kichi mark their return to the Asian Champions League tonight with the match against Port FC in Thailand. Kichi are playing in the Champions League group stage for only the second time. 2018, they recorded one win from six games in the same group tonight. Guangzhou Evergrande take on Cerezo Osaka. New Zealand have been crowned the first world champions of Test cricket. They completed a stunning eight-week victory, eight wicket victory over India in a dramatic sixth day of the final in Southampton. A draw looked likely when play began, but New Zealand dismissed India and chased down 139 to secure the win. New Zealand captain Kane Williamson says it was a very proud day. I think we saw both teams grab momentum at certain points in time and then you know, to have the, the sixth day uh, as backup due to weather and, and see both teams have um, a real opportunity of a result meant for a, you know, a fantastic game to be a part of. And for us, you know, a very proud moment in our history and, and a, a proud moment just as a, as a team, really, to, to stick to what we do well and, and come away and come away with the win, which is, um, you know, a really great feeling. And when they use this top story once again, in a defiant final edition, pro-democracy newspaper Apple Daily says it's a victim of tyranny being forced to close. And that's the news from RTHK. I want your love, I want your heart. They try so hard to keep us apart. They say I will treat you bad. But I'ma be the best thing you've ever had I'm gasoline and you're the spark 
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 24th of June is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew. 
On today's program, we've got a full house. In about 10 minutes or so, we're talking about the rise of virtual showrooms and events, and also the digital shift in today's business landscape. With Alex Sati, the founder of Digital Dog Studio, he's also a 3D artist. So we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook Live this afternoon. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the 2 o'clock news, Sadia Osmani joins us for our regular Thursday chinwag. And today we'll be talking about the headaches that can be involved with gift giving. And finally, after 2.30 in this week's Artsing Around, Andrew Dembina speaks with Assistant Curator of the Hong Kong Museum of Arts International Programs, Amy Chan, about the current exhibition of Surrealism, which features some very big name artists. And of course, we want to hear from you also. So do join